like uh, striking a happy medium. You know, you don't want to strike a happy medium. They won't be happy anymore. <laughs> Namaste and in la catch. And welcome to this episode of One World in a New World. I'm your host, Zen Benefiel. And as always, I'm going to remind you of those two phrases. Namaste comes from the Sanskrit spoken. It's called Brahmi in India. And it comes, uh, it means the divine in me recognizes the divine in you. In La Ketch comes from the other side of the world, the Mayan civilization, and it simply means I am another you. So here's a couple of ancient civilizations that have some real wisdom to offer us today from which we can see life and others with and the experience that that brings. Test it. See what happens. Don't believe me. Try it on. See what happens. Then go from there. All right. Thanks. All right. So this week's guest is Jeanette Mayer. She is an amazing world traveler, and she's been a lot of different places. She's a founder and co-creator of the Positive Impact Movement. She's an associate partner with uh, KPS Iberia, which is in Spain currently. Uh, she's also the founder of U2 day that's a t-o-o a social enterprise for positive impact so you can tell she's all about positive impact right she's got a master's and bachelor's from the university of metaphysics in metaphysical science so this is going to be interesting now Jeanette's a global citizen founder co-creator uh, she's been at this work for 23 years and so I think we will have a wonderful conversation and she can share some wonderful insights and tasty tidbits of wisdom from her journey. Jeanette, welcome. Thank you so much Zen. Namaste. I really love um, that introduction and uh, for me yes namaste is very important. Absolutely. It sets the foundation from which we can launch and go pretty much anywhere because we've already established that honor and reverence of each other, or at least this mm -hmm. is the intention of it, right? Yes. And that's all we can do is intent. You know, life yes. kind of, it throws us curveballs every once in a while. And, uh, you know, oftentimes it's a swing and a miss. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you know, it, you have a very interesting uh, beginning so plus you've had this internal quest that you've been dealing with uh, alongside of that when you were younger when did you first become aware of this other part of you that was connected to things around you what what did you notice and and how uh, where were you at at the time and, and how was life around you yes well as you said I, i'm a global citizen um when you ask me about when was the first time um i remember my father died when i was uh, 15 mm. and i remember when he died he died in front of us um i i said goodbye to him into the sky well, and not not into the body, but the sky. For me, he was leaving the body. And uh, well, but those things you don't remember until you look back, you know. Sure. And then one year after, one year after he died, since he was always traveling, I didn't uh, 
um, acknowledged he, he had died uh, until one day. Um, I well, I I, I woke up with uh, with a lot of pickles in my face, you know, nerves, and it's when I realized my, my father has left us. And I went to the doctor, and I remember um, she was taking um, blood out of me, and I fainted. But mm. the fainting, the fainting was was feeling the body, feeling very bad, feeling the stomach, the pain, and suddenly this freedom, this light, this unconditional love around me, so, so, so beautiful. I was very conscious. And I remember saying, this is paradise, this is heaven. And I was wondering around it. I was, wow, what a feeling. Until I felt again the 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 pain in the stomach and the and the nausea and the coming back. And for me, I had left, I don't know how many minutes. For me it was long, and I was only, I don't know, half a minute gone. Sure. So sure. so yeah, for me it was this was there's something beyond this world. That when you were in that place where do you remember the the sensation that you had along with it? I mean, I I, I understand that from what you're saying, felt like home, right? Yes. Be, beyond anything else. Yes. So, what else did you notice in that place, or or were you aware of other levels of sensation that were that you were having at the time? I was uh, at the time I was just feeling this unconditional love and this embracement. I was safe. I was free. I was, I was yes. I was feeling so infinite. Mm -hmm. so was there a sound? Was there a sound no, or a tone that no. went along with it, or just no? It was quiet. just this this light that I cannot describe. Okay, no, this beautiful beautiful light. This white but it's not white not all this embracement and and i just it wasn't so long because i yes i said this is heaven wow how how that how this feels and then boom right. i went back no yeah talk about a taste of heaven right yes <laughs> um so when that and it's a, a wonderful moment and and you know we have those things that and many do we don't understand, we're linear thinkers, right? So when we have something like that, it's a non-linear, non-local moment that has so much information that mm -hmm. it often takes us a lifetime just to unpack it, yes, right? yes. let alone internally, let alone be able to articulate what it, it did. Now, for you, how did that affect it? So at 15, you began, you were just beginning to think about what you wanted to do in the world, right? Or did you already have that kind no. of like no. in mind? No, I, I was, I was very shy. <laughs> I was a very, very shy uh, girl. And then lady, I guess. Um, I started uh, leaving the shyness behind at 19 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was very insecure. And... Um, but it took me many, many years to go back and think of this experience and really to acknowledge what had happened to me. And I, I think I did that only about two or three years ago. But um, I, I always say I've been 
a giver. No, mm-hmm. I, I'm someone that that um, always believed in in love, and I, I've been always giving a lot of myself to others. Um, so much that I lost myself also in that. No, I, um, I didn't know who I was because I always was for someone else. Right. And that's when in, in uh, 2004, end of 2004, I decided to redo my life and change New York, United Nations for Barcelona. And Barcelona, just because I felt Barcelona, I didn't know Barcelona to go to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I decided, I said, if uh, I will love myself. And, uh, and for that, I have to go to Barcelona. So I, I came to Barcelona now already 18 years ago, almost. And uh, that's when I started discovering myself, uh, loving myself. And the journey also valuing myself, which was, because love right. and value doesn't come at, at the same time. Sure. And I started with uh, this social enterprise with you today because I, I believed and I always felt um, I needed to help others. That's part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And um, when I did that, I well, learned a lot about social entrepreneurship. And I, I, I saw, I identified myself not as a social entrepreneur because I'm a socially conscious leader, someone that evolves through what I'm creating and my creations evolve through my evol- uh, evolution. Uh-huh. You know, it, it's evident to to many like you that there's this inner and outer dance that's going on and we don't necessarily understand that we live half inside and half outside and that the outside is actually a reflection of what's going on inside yes It, it takes a lot of sometimes a lot of trauma before we even start questioning what's going on why is life like this well you know we play the victim for a while mm-hmm. until we realize oh i actually created all this in order for me to learn because there's a a higher self if you will for lack of a better this is what um, dr laszlo calls it and in that higher self there's a determining factor of your best yes right I so it this higher self brings you all the opportunities that escalate um, and sometimes truncate that process, right? Just so that you can get stuff done and and move on and be in that, um, I've learned to call it a perfected form, fit and function in the world. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. Because when you're really centered, this is what naturally becomes present. Yes. In, in my opinion, I'm still, you know, this is a theory in my mind because I just came up with the words just a few years ago, like when you were starting to analyze your process and we both had something, you know, really similar. I went through the light and beyond and I spent a little more time there though. And, and because I was questioning truth Mm -hmm. and I was Mm -hmm. asked if I was willing to die for what I believed in what I found out after letting go, um, which was cosmic consciousness that's what i was willing to die for yeah i ended up in the light and then it was kind of empty after a little bit because there was nothing but light and i had enough time there where the impetuous teenager got bored right i was 18 and then i felt a movement i'm in this 
sphere of pinpoints of light. And then I'm told that I understand their points of consciousness, whether in body or not, I'm not sure. And then the voice that invited me there picks back up and truncated says, these are those I'm to work with in order to facilitate a new world order. And it would mm -hmm. happen in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. So, and then, you know, eventually it came back into my body with a gulp of air and it's like, you know, what a rite of passage and what do you do with that? And it <laughs> unfolds throughout a lifetime. Yes. Here we are 47 years later and, and we're talking about this because it's time to do so. So much of this has been kept from open conversation for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. yes, yes. And now because of COVID, we've had, we have this opportunity that many are taking to come out and play together, right? And learn how. Yes. So in that process of learning how to play better with the world, that as you were beginning, let's say when you first got to Barcelona, what were the things that you noticed early on that let you know that you were in the right place at the right time? Yes, I remember um, when I took the decision to leave everything behind and come to Barcelona, I just did it. No? It, it was in two months, I, I had sold uh, a house and uh, a car, a cars and everything and just sent the furniture to Barcelona with no address sure. and I just went. So and, what, uh, was there something that happened prior to that? Just this uh, inner prompting of, you know, the, the inner voice telling you go to Barcelona? The, no, it was, uh, it was a click. I, I decided that I would love myself because of the relationship I had that uh, I, I, I had but well, I lived for, for the for the other one and not for myself. And I mm -hmm. didn't even know what I love to eat. And one day it clicked and I said, if uh, he doesn't love me, I love myself. And I and and this what I'll do will be the best for him and for me. Sure. So so I said, I will leave this and I'll go. And when I arrived to Barcelona. I found the job and everything. And the day before the job, as you know, you get the, the fear and you say, what am I doing here? Two months, two and a half months ago, I was over there with everything. And now I'm here with a dog. I bought a dog at that time. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, okay, let me write down why I am here in this moment, in this place. And I remember there were 20 points, casualties, why mm -hmm. I was there, even in the building and everything. And I, I said, okay, I have to be here. This is my place. I will continue. But what the force that drove me was this inner voice, this, this listening to me and saying, you love yourself, no worries. And this is the best for everyone. For everyone, you just do it. Just continue. I was flowing. I was flowing, yeah. flowing. And you gave yourself permission. Yes, yes. I, I just heard this voice that, that before I was hearing, I was, you know, you go back when you click and you awake and you click and you say, I already had heard that voice, but I didn't listen to it. Right. Now I'm listening. This is the intuition, no? our inner wisdom, ourself. And when we listen to this voice, to who we are, it, it cannot go wrong. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. this is what I do nowadays. No, I'm, I'm there to be who I am and create what I love. But a lot has to do with 
intuition, with the inspirations, I don't know what the positive impact movement is. It's something uh, which for which I'm in service. No, it's something greater than what I am, and I'm in service to that. Today, it's called the positive impact movement. Tomorrow, I don't know. And it's okay. I'm just flowing, daring to be who I am, being integrity for who I am, loving, value, and respecting myself. So I also do with the other ones because it's, right. it's automatic. No, I live from the inside out. I live from my heart to the world. I nurture my creation, my project, the people, inspiration and empowerment, and I get nurtured and I co-create because this world is about co-creation. Mm -hmm. It's about being you as a whole, co-creating with another one or many others as a whole, and together we are limitless. Right. Together we are limitless. Absolutely. Now, speaking of that limitlessness, in the world, there's this other, let's call it just a population, right? And maybe they're more left-brain thinking. Maybe yeah. they've got right-brain thinking, but they're just unable to allow themselves to, to move into that creative space and, and feel nurtured and powerful and, and able to make the choices to move into that in trust. Yes. What we're experiencing in the world has all kinds of division labor and hierarchies and structures and corporations, and organizations, governments, what have you. And they're all hugely affected by these last two years of aberrant behavior. <laughs> Let's just call it that, right? Uh, because it has, it seems it's a completely against human nature because they've attempted, uh, they, whoever, the whole process, I don't want to even go that direction, just the event tended to separate and instill fear of each other. And now we're, we're making that shift and, and it, there's a huge wake up call for remote viewers or <laughs> yeah, remote viewers too. Now remote workers get in wrong topics there, right? Uh, maybe that was a faux pas. Maybe it was a Freudian slip. <laughs> Even so in the nature of work, it's shifting. People are beginning to look at what they're doing, how it affects the world, and whether it is a positive, you know, contribution or something that's actually continuing um, the Michigas, for lack of a better, mm -hmm. the, and taking things away from the world. And you mentioned earlier, you know, the, the whether you're in service to you or service to others, that when you're in service to others, it it tends to deplete you or did because you hadn't learned to serve yourself yet and, and i think we all go through that yes um there's an interesting uh, theology i guess for lack of a better that comes out of uh, something called the law of one and mm -hmm. uh, you know there's two choices service to self or service to others and i'm like well, wait a minute there's a third choice there because the ultimate service to others is service to self and the ultimate service to self is service to others. Yes, yes. It's, the, it's about, uh, I call it the spiral of positive impact. It's, it's about giving and receiving. It's mm -hmm. the balancing, balancing of the giving and receiving. And it's, now, yeah. In transition of that, because you came and are still in 
a very technology related area. Yes. Right. Yes. You're yes. doing SAPs and CRMs and, and, um, and, and you've worked with United Nations and UNICEF. How did you find that merging of worlds come about in your life? Yes, you know what? I love it in, in the way that um, I apply socially conscious leadership also at work. Actually, I'm, uh, I'm leading a business unit, the international business unit here in KPS in uh, Iberia in Spain. And uh, I have a team. They, they are the ones now working in the system. I don't do it anymore. I have done it for 18 years. But um, what I do with them, what I do at work is socially conscious leadership because I dare to be who I am and create what I love everywhere. And I love it because it has given me the opportunity mm -hmm. to show that it works for myself. And it's infectious. Yes, yes. You know, yes. far more than any virus. <laughs> and it's long lasting. Yes, it's for, for everyone. It's planting the seed for everyone to understand that it's okay. For everyone to understand that whatever they do, they, they, they should love it. And if they don't, then let's see what, where we can move yeah. them so that they create what they love in any, in any environment, in right. any business, everywhere. If and you're not having fun, you're doing yeah. something wrong and you no. need to adjust. And there, are, and there are those now, you know, the boon and life coaches in the last couple of decades, right? Yes. Um, you know, when I first started 20 years ago, I, there weren't that many. And now there are all kinds. And yet um, I'm still a bit curious. I was interviewed not too long ago about being a life coach and what my, I was asked what my, best advice would be to budding life coaches, right? And I simply said, have a life first, yeah. right? You've got to be able to understand. And, and there's a maturation process. Some of us go through it a little earlier than others. It's still part of what needs to be in place in order for you to have the most effective interactions because they're experiential. They're not, yes. they're not theoretical although they can be intuitive and for those who are highly sensitive maybe that does work i'm not going to discount it because i know how clear and precise intuition <laughs> can be and he just uh, totally agreed with that i'm sorry yes <laughs> right um they talk too right they tune in they know what's going on and, and they respond in kind we had a it just reminds me that several months ago this, my wife and I were out on the back porch. Uh, my wife's from St. Petersburg. And we were, uh, energy was really high that night. Couldn't sleep. It was 1130 at night. We're on the back porch talking. We have a dome light that's on. And I hear this buzzing. And I look up and it's a bee right in the center of the dome light. Now here it is 1130 at night. It's a honeybee, right? They don't do that no. normally. So here's this bee right in the center of the light. It's unwavering. And I turned to my wife obvious message be light yes <laughs> beautiful be light yes <laughs> and and so you know we were talking i said okay now and we laughed and, and it was true right that's the nature message nature is always sending us messages we're just not listening or paying attention so i said to her okay let's deepen that awareness just a little bit and watch 
the B and see if it widens its circle. And sure enough, took a couple of deep breaths, got centered more, the B changed the diameter of the circle. It, it went from hardly having a diameter of all to having about a six inch diameter circle. And I said, okay, let's do that again. Let's, you know, so we deepened again and sure enough, it changed its trajectory again. And then a few yeah, moments yeah. later, it flew off. Well, that whole experience was only maybe 60 seconds, right? And yet it was so replete with wisdom and the message that I, I think we got. But for most people, they would look at that, and they, not most people, many would say, well, that's pretty silly. That, this, that was just a bee flying in the, you know, well, maybe. And yet that intuitive notion revealed that there could be more there. All we did was pay attention and follow it. Right? So how did that kind of activity happen for you as you were developing early on in, in Barcelona and going through the things that you went through in, in order to establish the socially conscious leadership as well as the social entrepreneurship that you're engaged in? Yes, well, um, when I started, I did, uh, in that case, I did really systems when I uh, came back, no? So I was missing this um, helping others, mm -hmm. supporting others. And that's when I started in 2012, I started with you today, you two today, right. um, the social enterprise to give visibility of those that were already doing good no? because I, I didn't feel for me to start anything because I'm a global person I need to support many and uh, all over the world and uh, I, I for me to start a charity I didn't know what to start and it would have been a little thing for mm -hmm. so many people already doing things so I started with you today and in my work with you today um i learned several things first that by when you love yourself it doesn't mean exactly that you value yourself <laughs> because i was loving myself but i wasn't valuing myself you were still giving the store away <laughs> yes <laughs> yes and i did it many times so i and and also i listened to many others and i lost all my savings because of the websites and also many things, no? And, and because as a social entrepreneur, you had to do things. You had to give um, a solution to a problem. You, you have to be fixed and, and you have to have websites. And, and so right. I, I went into this road and um, well, I learned to value myself and also not to partner with others just because alone I wouldn't be able to do it, no? And um, and I also saw that I wasn't a social entrepreneur because I'm a, I said I'm, I'm someone that is evolving as I as I evolve my projects evolve. Mm -hmm. So I really did around twenty business models of hundred pages in all my day life, let's say. <laughs> and uh, I said no, I will continue evolving. And the website will continue changing because right. I am like that and. In the way I found people like me that had the same issue. And also when I was going to events, 
I didn't fit in because for me, the most important thing behind the project is the person because based on who you are, you create. All right. And entrepreneurship and, is about business and ultimately money. Yes. And, I, I didn't, <laughs> right. Right. I didn't well, and the socially conscious leader is not about the money. No. They're about the people. Yes. And, and, and doing what you love. Yes. Uh, yes. And about self-leadership. First of all, about living from the inside out, from the heart to the world, creating based on who you are. Uh, it's about, um, yeah. Now, what's so daunting about that concept to others? What What do you find is the, you know, because it, I'm in the same boat, right? Yes. That's how we connected. Yeah. How do you see that? cracking the cosmic egg, if you will, that allows that information to reach others that have a really difficult time with that reception. With the reception because they, they are fixed in social entrepreneurship? Well, because they're fixed, period. They're, mm -hmm. they're in a mind set mm -hmm. rather than a mind flow, mm -hmm. right? And this is kind of a non-specific area, and yet it is a way of being. Being, yes, it's a way of being. That doesn't fully serve the individual or the rest of society in, in that place, although it may be financially viable. Mm -hmm, yes. right? And often is. Yeah. There's still, you know, in uh, throughout the pandemic, I was looking at, okay, we're finally getting to coming to terms with understanding that there's a profit over people and planet agenda that's been going on for quite some time. So what we are doing as socially conscious uh, entrepreneurs, first of all, and more by socially conscious leaders, we're flipping that to people and planet over profit. That doesn't do away with profit because we still have to have some kind of economic viability to live in the world yes. currently and until that changes we're kind of stuck with it <laughs> yes. so how does that uh, again how would you explain the process of becoming more self-loving and self-valuing yes I, 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 you know it's very difficult for someone that is fixed to explain something that uh, they never Let's pretend it's easy Yes, right? but let's just pretend for a moment that there's an easy way to do it. What might you or how might you approach that from that place? Well, as I always, I, I'm being the example of what I talk. I'm being, I'm a, being a socially conscious leader. I, I, I'm daring to be who I am and freedom. I'm daring to create what I love. And I, I've tried many times then to explain something like this to someone. And I always, I understand. I have understood you cannot explain it unless they see it in you. Mm. Unless they get inspired by what you are doing, by, by who you are being from in the truth, you know, from the heart. Right. It's being because, before doing. Yes. Because when you explain people, even if it's simple, but they're closed up, and they have a different mindset, if it doesn't touch their heart, 
it's difficult for them to open up. And how do you touch the heart of someone by being, right? By being that what you are, right? And that's simple. It's simple. Now, is but, is there? There's another step that I think we often miss, and that's the resonance that you have with others just by merely showing up before a word is spoken. And this had, is reflective of not just the law of attraction, uh, which is kind of based on that, the magnetism, but it goes back even further into ancient in, uh, indigenous philosophy of the three brains. Are you familiar with that? No. Okay, so what they present is that we have three brains. The first is our gut. Okay. The second is our heart. Yes. And the third is our head. Yes. And Western men, for the most part, women, are, we start the head. And we have no idea what's in the body. Whereas mm -hmm. in that sense of, you know, and even though we do that, there's still something that we sense in the moment that triggers everything else. Could be good. Could be not so good. But there's that sense that is a gut feeling that's the intuition in operation yes. that's where the heart opens up to be able to be touched right mm -hmm. it, it, how mm -hmm. we show up because if we're conflicted inside in any way others are going to feel that that's just part of how it is and yet when you focus and, and you show up how, how does that um, when you're in that kind of place or, or are you ever in that kind of, of well, I'm a little bit confused place and, and wondering how to proceed in in that moment as to how to serve it best? I always, no, I'm not confused. I always connect okay. with my heart. I always connect to the heart and uh, I am. Um, that's also what we practice in the positive impact movement through the conversations is to really be and share and listen with respect value and love and there might be different opinions of a, a specific topic but we all we all listen and are there we, we mm -hmm. learn to be we learn to observe our patterns uh, observe uh, what's happening inside how we react no and it's just by exploration experiencing and practicing no? right, that's a really challenging let's say development process to become that self-aware of what's going on inside of you before you check in any place else because okay. you we usually do just the opposite it's like well okay yeah, what's we, going on in here where do i need to fit in right? yeah. or how yeah, do I what's happening and then and then let you go by the, all the everything that the mind is saying no it's really it's really being here I, I, I called it once active meditation. No, it's at the end, I'm listening to you, I'm being here and I'm meditating. I'm being right. me. I'm I'm the Hindus I'm, call that bhakti yoga. Bhakti yoga, okay. Yeah, bhakti yeah. yoga. It's like a walking meditation. And so in, in this conversation, I'm I'm being like that. You are calming me, I'm listening to you, I'm connected to you, and I'm okay. And I'm I'm tremendously grateful to, for being here and to co-learn with you and co-create with you sure. and with everyone else that is around but um yes this is something 
I've been learning and, and, and we've been practicing in PI Move in the last two and a half years. And uh, it's really difficult to, to experience, no? to be able, yes, not it's to be afraid. It, I, I think you mean that it's difficult to explain. It's easy to experience. Yes. It's that direct experience that then gives others the opportunity to lock in a feeling of harmony mm -hmm. in the moment. Yes. And harmony doesn't necessarily mean bliss, mm -hmm. right? It means, to me, it means the management of chaos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes, I yes, see okay. it that way because there's so much going on. It seems like chaos because we don't recognize the patterns. Mm -hmm. and they're there yes, we just yes. aren't astute enough to see them yet there's no anomalies in the universe there's no anomalies in us other than the self-created ones mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. now you know with with your work with with pim and you know and my work i've been doing similar things i, I started back in the late 90s of compiling information and ended up with a website the uh, planetarycitizens.net with the same kind of idea and i find that it. you know this is uh, yeah i love it too right? it's it. like, okay <laughs> so that kind of activity then let's look at the thoughtospheric actions of life and and how we interact and, and find each other in that process mm -hmm. because it is um self-directed with a big s yes and that it is an integrative factor in the evolution of our planetary civilization in its longevity, if you will, and ultimate, not just sustainability, thriveability, because we are destined to step up in a greater way. And there's lots of evidence about that. What else do you see around you that offers you the the evidence that then you can turn and share with others to when you say oh you know you, you know about this well here's an example right what kinds of things are do you have in, in your quiver um you know with your heart strikes with the arrows right um, you mean things that i see that things happening? that you see that 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 are happening that you can also reflect on and and uh, and show to others as demonstrations of, okay, here's the philosophy in action. Yeah. Yes. Well, like what just you just said some uh, seconds uh, ago, the fact that, uh, for instance, you have um, a page that is similar to the positive impact movement. And I've seen lately that many others that are also creating similar things they, they are similar because the creations are based on the uniqueness of each of us. But our vision is the same. We all envision a world where there's individuality, uniqueness, love, where is, there is growth and where there is um, co-creation. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we all are creating based on that. Now, co-creation oh, yeah. sounds really simple. What's it really mean, though? Creations. Creations are projects, are yeah. community, are movements, are, are um, yes, what, what we, 
we say we are we are doing our work our purpose right no and it has i see i i I've mentioned this the other day to a friend i see this same vision in everyone um and i what i see it's a world that uh we all ourselves creating on our unique way and hopefully every time we are more cells and this all will create the new earth is creating the new earth yes it's it's because we are daring now we are daring to be who we are and create what we love we i encounter every time more people that that uh, who are who are being themselves and are showing up as themselves and are sharing as themselves that before mm-hmm. And, and yes, before COVID, before the situation, people were more uh, careful, no, let's say, but but I don't know, it's it's flourishing and it's in the last month. And uh, I'm very happy for that because I, I see everyone walking the same path. Today, maybe not being many, as I see, I, I know that we will be many, but yes, slowly so like- this, flowers growing each of us we each have a thread in the tapestry and we're finding our place in the tapestry yes yes as it comes into order yes and and i happen to feel and and there seems to even be some scientific proof behind it um valentina morovina who's um, a russian academician had a dissertation that's been online since 2018 and she did a 10-year study of the scientific evidence of our ascension Mm -hmm. right and so she's looking at now she's got a degree in astrophysics and and microbiology Mm -hmm. right and so this really astute wise woman started asking questions and finding things and then shared it with the world Uh, the it's called a global mutation in humanity and she speaks in russian but it has english subtitles so it's uh i would look at that quite um it, it quite informing so there's there's that side of things so there's all of this kind of evidence that when we start looking and that's the key point yes it's you have to start looking around asking questions yeah. and you know where are these things where are these people where's my tribe <laughs> <laughs> now in this um tribal reunion mm-hmm. what do you think are the toughest things that we have in front of us to face um, in order to move the, to move the bar or, or to you know move the needle or however you want to call that yes i think we have to show the power of love uniqueness and co-creation okay. um, to to not to fight i don't know to light up the fear in the world okay what do you where do you feel and the reason i'm asking that question i'm kind of leading you into uh it's not a corner but uh, you know another thoughtmosphere if you will yeah um for example the the movement that i'm now uh executive director of the live and let live movement there's two aspects of it there's a legal and a moral mm-hmm. and the legal side is non-aggression Mm-hmm. Right, so we have many laws and legislation that allows aggressive behavior from yes. you know across the spectrum. So that's one thing, and this is the reason I asked the question: What's the hardest thing for us to face and actually move through in order to make these shifts effective? Because we can't just have it 
in here, it's got to reflect in the world. And the way it does that is by changing the going inside the systems and changing them. Yes. Just like it's going inside our system and changing it, yes. we have to do the same out there. So addressing the, the legal and legislative side of things is a daunting process that quite frankly scares the bejeebers out of most people because they don't understand it first of all and that's usually you know we're afraid of the unknown so that exacerbates the, the sense of fear that's there although there are ways to do so and you know our, the movement's founded by a, a, an attorney's firm so mm -hmm. there is information there in, in the foundation to be able to do that in a totally mm -hmm. free society everything's legal right mm -hmm. except yeah. aggression the law of mankind so people have a challenge when you say okay well here's you know whatever you want to put in your body you can mm -hmm. no matter the effect if you choose to do so we have no right to tell you not to we can encourage you not to but it's your choice that's the moral side of things the let live it doesn't matter you know we create a psychologically safe and intellectually humble environment i think that's another way of expressing what you did earlier and then recognize that you may not have the same moral standards as i do or somebody mm -hmm. else does mm -hmm. and yet as long as you're not an aggressor you can live your life however you so choose because you're the ruler of your temple yes it's you yeah it's the respect no so everyone's um well i have in my description yeah, of uh, LinkedIn, for instance, says, um, I, I, I envision a world without governance. And I really do. <laughs> um, why? Because I, I believe in, in the power of being, the freedom to be who you are and create what you love of each of us. And mm -hmm. I also believe that going against something makes it stronger no so the system the new world the new system has to grow from within and if we if there's also the philosophy that whatever you resist persists so if you fight something you tend to give it more power yes instead of just saying okay look we're not going to fight you we're going to use the rules that were set mm -hmm. up in order to change the system yes. the way that you guys design you know this is it's your yes. doing we're just yes. utilizing what's available yes right and then that's yes. kind of the whole picture yes. of it's just finding out what's available because everything is already in place we just need to learn how to adapt it for this global environment now you mentioned no government and i agree governments it seems like their purpose is to separate territory and that's it separate and different and then fight over it yeah. <laughs> and differentiate people uh, in the way of of yeah. division division not differentiate yes. but division yes, absolutely of, of, of everyone. so future vision no governments how do we manage the resources and distribution of products and services and, and uh and from a do you see like a planetary administration that that you know some kind of a council or something like yeah. that with representatives from what used to be those nations you know, or governments yeah you know one thing then the how we never know 
the how I've learned that you can define so many hows. From this point of view, I don't know what's going to happen and how we will be co-creating something like that. That's a very because honest my answer. mind, my mind, and your mind are not capable of ambition anything like it will be now. So the way to go forward is to really dare to be who you are in freedom and create what you love. Get together with others. Do from the heart. Do create communities, however it's going to be, because it will be in co-creation. We will co-create with this limitless potential and mm -hmm. from there we will from the inside out create a new system how i don't know because i'm i'm we're not even we're not even well, and with your background in technology it's the same kind of process you don't know what you're going to end up with because you're co-creating this program or platform or, or something that you have now let's say that it's not that we don't have intention. No, no, no. Because we, we put our attention, intention, and interaction toward a best possible outcome. Yes. As opposed to a specific possible outcome. Mm -hmm. And that, yes. that seems to be where this notion of understanding the difference between competition and collaboration mm -hmm. comes in. And that we're moving towards that um, well, let me ask this. Do you feel like we are actually moving this kind of a superfluous question? Because you've already answered it in so many ways uh, of the movement toward uh, the Vedantic philosophy of a unitive consciousness, which is where everything is in its perfect place and works together well. Doesn't mean there's perfection. No, no, it's we are just that everything perfect. is aligned. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are perfectly imperfect. Right. And yes, I think so. And, um, one 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 differentiation I want to, to make between collaboration and co-creation also is um, when I started to talk about collaboration at the beginning, I people have a mindset that collaboration you have to give something from yourself to work to a common goal, common goal. Okay. Okay. And uh, and it's socialistic. Yes, and co-creation. Co-creation is wholeness together, co-creating something with a vision, but it's a it's a respect towards your wholeness and my wholeness, the integrity. I don't give anything up, you don't give anything up. You go in with me and we together. And like synergy, where the, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Yes, yes. And there's nothing that is given up. No, in nothing. The process except your thoughts that it can't happen right <laughs> yeah there you know, the limitations out <laughs> yeah yeah um and and to have open and transparent communication is imperative you've got to be able to talk okay. about everything that's going on okay. inside of you in the process yes. it's one of the things that Otto Sharma brings out with uh, you theory uh, or theory you he calls mm -hmm. it and it is the co-creation process of co-presencing is what yes. he calls it uh, and it's that ability to just let everything else go be in the moment with a question mm -hmm. question could be about you know multiple things from organizational development to product development or, or community development it doesn't really matter yes. because this process applies and this is kind of what you're 
talking about from what I understand is, is being able to come into this co-creative space. Yes. And that's what I've seen lately. When, when you question before, I, I'm seeing that, that we have switched, many have switched from collaboration to co-creation because you and me, we are here co-creating you with what you have, what you do, who you are, me mm -hmm. with what I am, who I, what I do. And we are getting together here and co-creating something that we didn't know what to expect. And, and, well, and we didn't expect anything, just the beingness together. And that's yeah. it. We just agreed and, to come have fun together. Yes, yes. Right? And this is the beauty because what, what comes out is you never imagined before. And um, and that I'm seeing every time more. It's the co-creative aspect and not the collaborative aspect. Mm -hmm. I see the collaborative aspect still in the business. But outside of it, it's starting to change, but still is right. a lot of collaboration here. But co-creation in, in what we do in us socially conscious leaders is co-creation. Now, from a guy's perspective, all right, let's look at that, you know, the kind of guy thing, right? What is this with all this feminine energy, right? Because that's the, <laughs> and I say that because I understand it. I, I've got uh, probably... You know, on the EQ scale, I'm right in the center. So my masculine and feminine is pretty balanced. So surprising. I, I really didn't know until I started inquiring. This also, from a, a male, uh, uh, one of the reasons I say this is that in my interview with Jeff Mishlove years ago, he mentioned that one of his friends who talks to others mm -hmm. says that they see us as mostly alpha males mm -hmm. at the head of pyramids that are competing with each other over stuff <laughs> right and the advanced races have learned that those silos cannot exist they, they, there has to be a co-creation process well the collaboration seems to happen the phases right Mm -hmm. So the collaboration phase is where the guys might, and maybe, uh, and I'm going to ask this, is, is this kind of what you see in the guys? Because the guys are usually the ones that are pretty uptight, right? And they don't like this unknown kind of free-flowing, there's got to be compartmental <laughs> objectives and things like that. Because um, that's how we're raised. That's kind of how we're programmed. Yeah. How do you address that and move that masculine um, resistance. I don't want to say stuck because I, I don't think it's stuck. I just think it's resistant at this point. Um, How do you work with that? I, I in, in the experience and at work, um, but in my prior company, there, there was a lot of that and I wasn't ready. To, to to show them the other the co-creative part. But in this in this company, I'm very thankful because I've seen the switch, uh, the the switch on when I it was almost five years ago when I went in and started and and I wanted to do what I'm doing today. At the beginning there wasn't an understanding of what it was, you know? Mm -hmm. But 
so I, I was giving up a little bit and doing the work they wanted me to do, but I also was doing my work, what I do, no? And uh, finally, about one year after, I, I remember then saying, Jeanette, now I understand, we understand what you're doing. And we didn't imagine we needed someone doing what you're doing here in this company but we needed you don't know so, what you don't know right you don't know what you know until you experience everything has to do with the experience no so so it's why i always say be the example be the example and and stay in integrity with who you are continue don't push too hard because you you won't get anywhere oh no you can't push your pull this is no, one no, thing it's, that yeah it's this cosmically dancing. it just doesn't work exactly it's a dance you listen to the music you've got a tune playing in your heart i got one playing in mine and they're usually fairly similar so we can find mm -hmm. a beat to dance to in, yes. in the process and yet there's the push and pull the resistance the the prescriptive right um those are the old patterns that we're moving away from and they're we're moving Dudley Lynch calls it from the alpha mind to the beta mind. The alpha mind steeped in competition. The beta mind understands oneness. Yes. Doesn't necessarily understand how to engage it yet. And we're figuring that out. I mean, you, and I'm sure you're at least aware of, if not in agreement with, the Mayan calendar and the mm -hmm. transition between ages, right? And so... Mm -hmm. yeah solstice of 2012 winter solstice we hit this apex and it was a, an escalation of consciousness and awareness then what right yes. it's like okay what do we do it's not the end of the world it's not the yeah. end of time the apocalypse is actually uncovering knowledge that's what the mm -hmm. word means mm -hmm. and so in that uncovering what's happened because we've now had this shift in awareness embedded in humanity or at least enough to where it brought those things that aren't resonant to the surface of which it's like the purging that took place covid yes, the final place, step yes. of that it seems if we look at it from that perspective and now we have the opportunity now that it's exploded <laughs> we have the opportunity to reassemble just like the spin of energy, you know, the yeah. spin it one way, it expands, you spin it the other way, it, it contracts. Well, we're both, you know, from a heart perspective, we're spinning out and spinning in with each heartbeat. And we don't see that yet because we don't have the technology to visualize or to even perceive mm -hmm. that that's happening. There are some theories that, you know, like heart math and Dan Winter stuff and, and, you know, where they're looking and there's many others who talk about this spiral of activity. Um, and it's fascinating, right? And, and uh, you know, just what we, what I exposed over the last minute, you know, filled volumes of material over the years in trying to explain the, the understanding of it. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Now, do you find that that uh, educational, informative stage? Let's, let's just call it the book learning, right? Do you find that that book learning is being truncated by the experiential understanding now? That the time mm -hmm. is less, it takes less time to understand more? 
it, it takes less time to understand more, yes. One thing, like you were saying before, things are emerging, we are observing, we are learning, no? And, um, and yes, we are, we, we are more aware, so it's, it takes less time to, to learn, to grow. And, um, but I don't know what was the question related to it, but also yeah. the reading, reading books i i'm i i never was a bookworm until five years ago and i i, I read <laughs> a lot now sure. i love it i don't i just take pieces of every book because i know that there's no one size fit fits all no mm -hmm. the authors have created what they have created based on their experience i have to read understand and experience myself not necessarily following their method because by following their method i might might lose my method which has happened to me so so but it's it's taking from everywhere it's dancing with everything and taking the information and experiencing yes mm -hmm. and we're learning faster because of that because of the awareness and the experiencing, the exploration, experiencing, and the practicing. Right, and, and it's interesting how that actually becomes more, our lives become more harmonious as a result. One of the other, um, there was a conversation with people from elsewhere, the guy that ran the Canada's UFO investigation program in the 1950s, mm -hmm. uh, he asked a lot of questions because he had the opportunity to to get, okay, how do you guys see us? What can we learn? What, what do you want to share with us? And one of the things was in relation to time and how we measure it by a clock. They measure it by the change of entropy, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So what you just said about when you're doing it and, and, you know, the time condenser, you can do more in less time. Well, yeah. why is that? Because there's less entropy. Mm -hmm. Right, so that half inside, half outside lifestyle yeah. is now finding more balance between the two, and you know, I, I keep getting that. <clears throat> Excuse me, the infinity sign. Right, it, it just kind of popped in because there's that reciprocal flowing. It's like the Mobius strip, right, that flows back and forth between you and whatever it is in your environment that is for you in that moment yes yes now how do you recognize that you know we a lot of people call them serendipitous moments synchronistic events um, how do you or how would you advise others to be more attentive or or kind of maybe what to look for how to look for um, what they might sense in the looking yeah um, no i don't think it's about looking to something right. because that's expectations and expectations come from here from the mind right. no better it's, word it's, would have been observe yes the observation and it comes through practice no because you start observing what you're thinking and and when you're uh, you, I remember many years ago starting with that and saying, starting to be because of, of this relationship I had, no, I had to, to work myself a lot 
in in the in the mind in in, in uh, yes in understanding more no, about myself and everything one moment mm -hmm. it's fine i just want to pipe in a little bit <laughs> so in the 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 process of this um you know, you mentioned watching your thoughts, becoming aware, yes. observing your thoughts. It's been said we have 70,000 thoughts a day. <clears throat> I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is, it's, uh, or it could be one way to say, oh, you got so many thoughts that you don't ever want to try to manage them, right? That's a possibility. Yes. Because there are those that would like us not to understand ourselves to that extent at least we think so that may not be true too that could just be mm -hmm. a bias that is remnants of an old belief system that's still kind of wrestling around for removal right <clears throat> or recycling so in that seventy thousand thoughts what are some of the, <clears throat> what's a way to just become aware of how on the fly, as you're walking daily, what do you use or what kind of practice do you have to be able to observe your thoughts better? Yes, I, I am. I remember starting mostly because of this. I had thoughts of of um, culpabi, How do you say it? Of um, well, having having left everything behind and started over. No, right. so so <laughs> it was being aware of those kinds of so thoughts and change them when I was uh, suddenly I was thinking of something like that. Or, and I said, oh, no, why are you thinking like that? Let's change it, no? And so it's how I started being aware of what I was thinking mm -hmm. in, in, in all the time. And it took me many years and still I'm learning sure. because we are always learning. But at least it's, it's being aware of saying, okay, you're thinking this, don't think about that. Because at the end, it's not us here, it's someone here that it's interacting right with or up here or wherever it is yeah <laughs> yes so it's this what am i feeling what am i thinking why am i thinking this change it change the attitude why am i feeling like this let it go let it pass uh feel it and let it go but it's it's practice in life everything is practice and the way yeah. we do it is the other thing it's our own way yeah but at the end it's it's really getting aware and, and yeah. you're doing something maybe you can remind yourself when you are now that i look at the watch i look at the watch and i i, I can think oh what what i what was i thinking no what am i thinking and and you make it uh, um, a routine every time you look at the watch, mm -hmm. you, and then you start doing it without looking at the watch. Right. So, so you change really the internal dialogue. Yes. That's been happening because it's been happening unconsciously. Yes. You now, with that practice, 
you're switching from an unconscious behavior to a conscious one and that has choice and that has choice yes and it may so it, and what I'm, i think i'm hearing you say is that in the process whether you're reading books looking at other people's processes um you know gleaning what works for you from that because you may not have your own process for a while and so yes. by looking at others process and trying that on and, and experimenting and just allowing that to evolve seeking your own resonance for lack of a better with yeah. it because you'll feel that when you land yeah. on something and uh, that should have been a question what do you feel <laughs> <laughs> when that happens right because we're talking about stuff that both of us are engaged in it and, and you know That's we're just reflecting on how we do things and, and this conversation is not just for us although it's wonderful it's intended to have a repository of things that then others can tap and learn for themselves and, and yeah. grow through yeah. and with yes that one thing I want to, to highlight really because I've gone through that uh, is not to follow blindly other people's methods or way of doing things because you can lose your own way. For instance, for me, it was very easy to go into meditation and go into these feelings of the light and mm -hmm. nirvana or whatever. But I didn't know that <laughs> that, that was something that many are looking for because right. for me it was just sitting there and I was I could be one hour two hours happy there oh yeah and then yeah. I started reading and applied other ones methods and I lost this instantaneity you know this coming in into my meditation so I'm I'm relearning now and that was many years ago so I'm relearning now to really again go into it so it's not really about blindly following others way of doing really really trust how you do it and why you're doing it and um so that's something we always have to keep in mind there's no one size fits all right, right. many paths same mountain yes yes <laughs> yes that's nice yes and it's a wonderful journey, especially if you have someone to share it with. And even in the process of the learning, do you find that there have been those, uh, for lack of a better, significant others, has nothing to do with relationships, but yeah. the significant others that have spiced your life with tasty tidbits of insight and information yeah. that you needed just in the moment? That was the question about the serendipitous and synchronicity uh in, in your life how does that how do you recognize that and this might be a good example to explain maybe you've had someone specifically that you could kind of recall and draw up to share yeah for me for me really the positive impact movement and the co-creators have been um people uh, co-creators uh friends that that have been learning with me we together have been um going through a process of of understanding by ourselves through the sharing through the reflecting back through the mirroring what it is to connect to the heart mm -hmm. that's the other thing i've been always very much um 
related to my feelings no and, and my my heart speaks i translate yeah me so, too uh, yeah i love that water yeah, sign recognize yes yeah. and so so with pi move I, i've been lucky to have people like me in in the same discovery we went through a process for one and a half years meeting every week and exploring experiencing and practicing doesn't mean that now we continue with that because positive impact movement is, continues evolving mm -hmm. we it's a spiral of learning we continue doing that but in that one and a half year i learned so much from all of them so synchronicity in the way that yes we came all together we had the COVID, and so we had the opportunity to meet every week two times three times and practice and you didn't know each other beforehand nothing zero right. so this was a way that the universe the, and i call it the cosmic conspiracy yes I, that's how my wife and i came together and that's how most of my life it. has been and i yes. love it, it it's I love it. Uh, and it can be so uncomfortable at times because there is that unknown and you have to rely on your faith love and trust mm -hmm. that it all works Mm -hmm. right and we yeah. as imperfect humans tend to want to go into that doubting thomas place right even yes. with all the evidence and the experience that says no 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 you don't need to go there right there's still yes. that little voice that says ah right yeah. um, and we all have it i think and, and if we didn't and that's part of that questioning right is that helps us to put our truth on the chopping block and whack away at it so that we know it's solid yes yes it was it's what makes us come back and realize or integrate things yes which is so important to, to continue growing all right back to your watch because we're we're kind of closing on time <laughs> um <laughs> It was a good segue. We just got back around to it. I love how tangential life can be and always bringing it back full circle, right? That's the, the trick of it, I think. Yes. Uh, and one of the, the art and skill of being able to communicate well. Mm -hmm. And, and then it's, do that. Uh, any relationship is based on that. Like absolutely. You were saying at the beginning. Any absolutely. relationship is based on our communication, and our, our honesty, our humbleness, and our showing our truth and with that what kind of parting gift would you think appropriate for the audience uh, uh, something that just a little a, a nugget of something they could take with them to apply in their lives to test for their own kind of like i did with the opening having them test that mindset or that mind flow Mm -hmm. still working on changing my language right <laughs> um so what do you have a tasty tidbit to offer well really dare to be who you are and dare to be who you are means if you feel something if you feel something that doesn't hurt anyone else in doing and saying then say it or do it there there in the moment because risk. or uh, you risk you haven't we have an inspiration do it respond to the inspiration don't let it go because those are what opens up 
Mm-hmm. Uh, us what expands us and it's those are the little moments you get something you have a glimpse just go with it because it will be from the heart and nothing will be wrong when it's it has a heart. cumulative effect yes cool yeah. Jeanette this is just <laughs> awesome um, it's every bit of what I supposed it would be and more right because we, we really did have no expectations it's like okay i wonder what this would be like yeah let's just dive in and have fun and yes have. yes thank you so much then thank you so much i really i love it I, I i get inspired with what you have in the background also this infinite universe that we are yeah thank you so much thank you oh, for thank you and, and uh, may we all be able to work better together soon yes we will we will we are thanks so much and namaste and in la catch thanks so much for sticking with us for this episode i'm sure you picked up a lot and come back and see us next time until then i'm zen benefield your host and i'll see you next time